Welcome to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. Yara is the global leader in crop nutrition knowledge and a producer of quality fertilizer products. Grow the future with Yara. Hello, it's me, Ken Rundle, and with me is Philip Cosgrave, Yara's country grassland specialist. Earlier this year, we talked about managing grass for grazing and the timing of that first application of nitrogen. That podcast can still be found on the Yara website, but this time our focus is on silage. Philip, you urged the graziers to challenge their usual way of doing things by asking themselves some pretty basic questions. I suppose with silage, the first question would be, what's it for? Yes, Ken, the first thing we should look at is the type of livestock that are going to feed that silage to. If we're going to feed it to suckler cows or if we're going to feed it to, to dairy cows that are producing milk. And I guess a rule of thumb would be that the D value um, drops by 3.3% for every week harvest is delayed. So for someone who's trying to feed cows, dairy cows with, with high quality silage, maybe even taking a, on a multi-cut system, we would look to be cutting silage um, at least by the middle of, of May. Then for if you're feeding suckler cows, then it's likely then that you won't need as high a quality silage. So that silage can be cut a little bit later. And there's always this trade-off between yield and quality. That is an issue, but we know that if we optimize growing conditions, that that can actually be minimized. So we can actually produce, if we're looking to produce high-quality silage, if we have the conditions correct, then we can actually have a, have a very good yield of high-quality silage. That should govern, I suppose, that, you know, that decision on, on when we actually cut that first cut. And obviously, um, you know, deciding when to cut then is, is another important decision, but that's, that's, that's around about, I suppose, the, the weather at that uh, point in time besides that. And a, some idea of the cutting date must influence the fertiliser programme. It does. And what we want to do is, um, if you're cutting that grass very early in May, well, then that's obviously going to, uh, you, you know, you have to take a step back and say when we're actually going to apply that nitrogen by way of mineral nitrogen or fertiliser or by organic manures. So we can't have the same application date um, regardless for, a, say, for a first cut silage. You know, we need to be working back from a planned first, from that first cut date and work backwards. And, and you know, we want to have a, a minimum of six weeks between when um, we apply that fertilizer and when, we go, when we're going to actually cut that first cut silage. And what about applications? Is it a single application or are there other other options well it, it really depends if we're applying organic manure so if we're applying cattle slurry and say for example we're applying maybe 30 meters cubed um which is nearly you know three thousand gallons per acre well then if we balance the amount of nitrogen that we require with mineral nitrogen then it's it's unlikely that um there's a requirement to split that mineral nitrogen application but if we were going to apply all of the fertilizer by way of, of mineral, you know, bagged fertilizer, well, then it may be worthwhile splitting that um, nitrogen application, you know, one third first and then the second two thirds, then a minimum of, 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 of six weeks before a kind of a planned harvest date. And that's not really, we don't see actually a benefit in, in yields by splitting that, um, that application, um, but it has more to do with, um, N2O emissions and minimising N2O emissions from um, that fertiliser that we apply. So the fertiliser is being used up and it's not being left to convert into something that uh, 
comes up against the climate change regulations and possibly in future could end up with farmers being penalised. Yes, that's correct. What about the application dates for those organic fertilisers? Any particular message there? Well, if you're restricted and if, if you're farming in an NVZ or in a, there may be dates by which you can't apply, um, closed periods for which you can't apply either mineral nitrogen or, or organic matter nitrogen. So the best thing if we're applying organic manures is to get them out as, as, as early as possible. Um, one thing about um, applying organic manures is that they are quite high in, in, in potash um, so that we want to re- we want to kind of minimize the amount of potash we apply um, on particularly on first cut silage to around about 80 to 90 kgs of potash anytime after the 1st of March. So if we're going to apply our, our organic manures after the 1st of March, we shouldn't apply any more than 80 or 90 kgs. Um, and that might be in combination with, you know, slurry and, and, and um, mineral fertilizer. So that's an important one to keep in mind. There's been a tendency for some farmers, at least, to get into a regular program where they're automatically supplementary feeding as far as their silage is concerned. You have some ideas on that one. You don't necessarily believe they should stick with that policy. There's a lot of, I suppose, debate around how we can utilize grass more efficiently. And that that's not just, you know, graze grass, but also grass for, for silage. And if we can produce, you know, this high quality silage, for example, on, 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 on a, say, on dairy cows or on a, on a, on a fat, on if we're trying to grow young, uh, young stock, um, we can certainly, um, you know, replace some of that purchased protein by way of, of soybean meal with grass protein. And that's something that's going to be, um, more to the fore in, 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 in the, in the coming years as there are, maybe I suppose greater emphasis on reducing the carbon footprint of meat and milk for that matter. It's all I suppose about greater attention to detail and that needn't be seen as a bad thing because there's no silver bullet to improve agricultural productivity or profitability come to that but just like with Olympic athletes marginal gains can add to a significant improvement in performance and you've got a number of ideas on those issues surrounding that. Yeah, Ken, um, and, and, and one of them is, yeah, a lot of farmers mightn't think it, but, um, you know, that we check small things like the, that the, the mowers that are being used to mow that first cut silage, that silage crop, that the blades are, are sharpened, um, because that will affect, the, obviously, the regrowth of that second cut silage. So that, that would have a positive effect on, on our second cuts. Um, but also, you know, there was work done in, in, in Crichton um, Farm and SRUC, um, where they looked at um, compaction and the on, on multi-cut silage systems that can be quite a, a, um, a, a bit of, of compaction from all of, I suppose, all of the um, operations are, are machinery-based. Um, and if, if, if we don't control those operations, there can be, there can be a, 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 quite a number um, of passes and a lot of the actual field is covered in, in tire marks by, by maybe a third or fourth cut. So they looked at, at kind of minimizing the amount of pa- passes and by, by, by carrying out kind of controlled traffic farming. And that over a three-year period um, where they looked at controlled traffic farming versus leaving it just as, as as a normal system where where there was no limitation of where tire tracks or, or machinery could move, there was there was two tons 
And um, by the third year, there was two tons reduction in in, in dry matter yield from um, the 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 area that had no um, limitation on where the actual traffic took place. So that that obviously um, would apply to 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 many uh, silage fields ac across um, across the UK and Ireland. So that's a very I suppose, simple thing that we can we can start um, you know paying more attention to. I think they also mentioned tyre pressures on that in that, amongst that research as well. But can I come back? You talked about the damage done by blunt blades. Explain a bit more how the, the a blunt blade can, on the first cut can actually affect the second and third cuts. Number one, it'll it'll take more fuel to cut um, your your silage. So that's obviously a, a negative. But also that it's 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 not cutting the grass. Um, cleanly, it's it's kind of pulling the grass and tearing the grass, and then that can actually impact the the sward itself, and then the sward then won't actually green up and recover as quickly um, in that situation. So, you know, it's it's they're not um, double digit differences, um, you know, in in overall production, but they are small. There are small things then that contribute to the overall um, yield of of your of your crop. It's all these marginal gains we were talking about. I, I, it risks repetition, I know, but last time we discussed changes in grass varieties or even changes in mixed swords. Is there anything relevant to silage in, in that area? You know, there's certainly a, 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 an increase in interest from producing uh, red clover silage or producing silage with more red clover in it. And obviously, you know, nitrogen is, is, the, is the thing that will, you know, that, 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 that will be a difference in you know, in in, in producing that versus um, you know straightforward perennial ryegrass sward, but for the other nutrients for sulfur, phosphorus, and potassium, and um, the same thing will apply that those crops will need um, you know sufficient uh, levels of those nutrients for them to perform well and to and for that clover to to remain in the in those um, swards for a number of years. It's important to have your soil tested, and it's important to have some regular monitoring of your grass quality as well get the analysis done certainly so to sum up philip your key points for farmers to remember as they look forward to those first and hopefully many cuts of silage this year well, the first thing is establish what you know the quality of that silage you want to make um, and then you know look if you have a soil analysis look at that soil analysis apply the nutrients um, that's required if you're asked you know, look for advice on what those um, applications should be. Make sure then that um, there's no possibility of, of organic manures um, spoiling that first cut. So don't leave it too late um, to apply them. But also then, you know, take into account when that, when that nitrogen has been applied, whether in organic or mineral form, and when that um, silage can be cut. And, and use, use that rule of thumb that um, the crop will use up two and a half kgs of nitrogen per day or two units um, per day. Some key pointers there from Yara's country grassland specialist, Philip Cosgrave. And that's all for now. Our next podcast will focus on the provision of micronutrients. So you can join me, Ken Rundle, in a couple of weeks from now. Thanks for listening to Yara's Grow the Future podcast. For more information, visit yara.co.uk or yara.ie.